This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Eventide Investments. They believe that investing is more than just returns. It's an opportunity to partner with companies that align with your values and are making a positive difference in the world. Learn more at eventideinvestments.com. Beauty matters to painters, musicians, and photographers. But what does it have to do with investing? Hi, I'm Rob West. The creation account suggests that beauty lies at the core of faithful stewardship and investing as well. I'll talk about investing in beautiful today with Jason Meyer of the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, joining us again today is my friend Jason Meyer, Executive Director of the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. The Eventide Center is an educational initiative of Eventide Asset Management and an underwriter of this program. Jason, always a delight to have you with us. Hey, Rob. Good to be with you again. Uh, Investing, Jason, is a word we tend to associate, of course, with money, retirement, risk, and return. But rarely, perhaps if ever, do we think the words investing and beauty. So, Jason, why should we connect beauty with our approach to investing? Yeah, uh, man, uh, this is one of my favorite topics. So, you know, just to start, we, of course, all experience beauty and beauty is something that we all need as as human beings you know this morning i watched a beautiful sunrise on a clear day uh, i enjoyed a pour over coffee uh, from a specialty coffee roaster that was delicious this weekend i watched um uh, a master masterpiece movie from a japanese filmmaker i like um yeah. and we all have these experiences right in our lives we often though think about these beauty experiences as as taking place during our leisure time. Yes. And so we tend to, to pair beauty with really rest and Sabbath. And so, you know, we, we for example, uh, take time to go to an orchestra performance, or on the weekend we hike the mountains or stroll along the beach. We might uh, buy a bouquet of flowers to adorn our home. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we think about beauty in association with ordinary human work and therefore with things like business and investing. But beauty matters for our work. In fact, it's essential for our work. And I want to help make the case that it matters also for our finances and things like investing. Beauty is an essential characteristic of God's creation, and that makes it central to our work as stewards over God's good creation. Well, I love this idea. Let's talk about the place of beauty in creation, perhaps as a starting point. Uh, Jason, where do we see beauty in the Genesis account of creation, and how is beauty connected with work in creation? Right. So it's helpful to start first with with God's work in creation and the connection of beauty there. So okay. this is something we're very familiar with, uh, as Bible readers, and we, we just take it for granted that, that God is actually portrayed as a worker. He creates everything that exists. He creates, it says, the heavens and the earth, which is a way of saying everything. And everything that God makes is good. And this is something that, that the Genesis 1 account really wants us to see. It says seven times 
in Genesis chapter 1 that creation is good. And the last instance of that, it says that the whole creation is very good. Mm-hmm. And in the Hebrew derivation, the word good is, is a word pronounced tob, and it's translated as good in our English Bibles. It's a word that's actually very rich with meaning. So uh, it means, of course, moral perfection. So mm-hmm. it's good in a moral sense. Creation is morally perfect. There's no evil. Uh, it's good in a functional sense. So creation is functionally excellent. It's useful for sustaining life in God's creatures. But one of the things we miss is that it's also good in a sense that it is surpassingly beautiful. When God creates, uh, he looks at his creation and says he sees it and declares it good. He appraises it as good. It's very much like, you know, springtime, we're out cutting the grass. And when we get done cutting the grass, we don't immediately go inside. We look it back over yeah. at what we just accomplished yes. and we feel that it's good. We, we yes. see it as beautiful. And that's the idea. It's this aesthetic, evaluative, pleasurable kind of experience that God had. And so one scholar actually says that a better translation of that word good would be actually a compound word, beauty good. Mm. So God is, is, is portrayed as a wise artisan artfully crafting the world. And in fact, Eden means delight. So the Garden of Eden was a place of delight. I love that. Beauty in the creation. But how about beauty in our work? And what about in business and investing? We'll talk about that with Jason Meyer from the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing just around the corner. Stick around. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Grateful to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Joining me today, Jason Meyer, Executive Director of the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing, an educational initiative of Eventide Asset Management and an underwriter of this program. Uh, Today, we're talking about beauty, beauty in God's work, beauty in our work, but also beauty found in business and investing. And Jason, just before the break, you were talking about beauty as an essential aspect of God's work. But what about our work? Work that he ordained us and created us to do. Uh, where do we see beauty connected to our work in the creation account? Right. So we we just got done talking about God's work and how beauty was an aspect of God's work. So God creates. He looks at the things he made. He sees that they're de- that they're good and declares them to be good. It is actually into this context that God places humanity and then gives us our role to play, which is this gift of work that he gives us. 
Now, as we think about the beauty and majesty of God's creation, you know, we think, who could add anything to it? And the Bible here is very surprising, because it says that we are capable of adding to this beauty and goodness uh, to the world through our work. The place that we see this is in Genesis 2.15. So God places humanity right there in that Garden of Delight, Garden of Eden, and gives us the gift of work. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Essentially, God placed humanity in this very good creation, and then the thrust of these instructions is that he's telling them to make it even better through the things that we make and that we add to the world. Yeah, which raises the question, if God's creation was already very good, essentially perfect, then how can we improve on it? Yeah, this is one of, I would say this is just a really great insight that that has come to me through books over the years, is that God's creation was absolutely perfect, but it's perfect in a very particular way, okay? So it's perfect, um, as I'll explain, it's filled with potential, okay? Mm -hmm. Let me explain. So we know that God made the world beautiful and good, as we've been discussing. Part of that beauty, we can see with our own eyes. It's manifest in the world that God made, and it's kind of raw materials of creation. We can see it. And part of the beauty and goodness of God's creation is hidden within creation as uh, a yet undiscovered potential that it has, and that we are to uncover this potential through our work. Hmm. So the early church father, St. Augustine, described this potential as seeds. So creation has potential like seeds have potential. And it's the task of, of us, God's image bearers, to find this potential and through work to develop it and to bring it forth into new kinds of beauty and goodness that has been lying hidden within God's creation. So let, yeah. me, let me give you some examples just to illustrate this. Okay. A couple of easy ones. So bread and wine. God creates grain, and grain has always had the potential to become bread since the day that he made uh, the wheat. God placed that potential there so that we would discover it and make it manifest through our work. Hmm. Or grapes uh, have always had the potential to become wine through our work. These are just easy examples of the way in which we have created new things, new good things, out of God's good creation. Let me give you now Uh, maybe a sophisticated example, one that is relevant in the world of business and investing today. So take semiconductors that power all of our smart devices and computers and cars and you name it. The fundamental material used to create semiconductors is sand. Hmm. And as my colleague Christian Say, who, who covers semiconductors in his work at Eventide Asset Management, he puts it this way. He said, with semiconductors, what we're doing, essentially, is we're taking sand and we're teaching it how to think. We're taking sand and teaching it how to think. Sand has always had the potential to become semiconductors, even back in that ancient Garden of Eden, Hmm. because God planted it there as a potential, as a seed in his beautiful and good creation for us to discover and to develop so that the world would be made even more delightful for us, yeah. And so that all the glory of creation would be revealed, like all that, that hidden potential would be brought forward, and that God's reputation as the creator would be made even more famous and glorious. Yes. Um, let me give you one little final analogy to help solidify this in our minds. I love okay. this analogy. It comes from one of my favorite theologians, Craig Bartholomew. He says, imagine that you are a sculptor. So Rob West, the sculptor. 
And Michelangelo says to you, the great sculptor, Hmm. he says, look, um, he gives you a phone call and he says, look, I've just started work on this new sculpture, this major, major sculpture. But I want you to come and finish it for me. I want you to come and to complete the sculpture and to develop the potentials I've built into it so far so that Mm. when it's done, this sculpture will enhance my reputation in the art world. Mm. Bartholomew says that illustration is an illustration of what God intended with work in Genesis 1 and 2. Wow, that is powerful. What an analogy. And uh, I'd love for you, though, Jason, to help us translate this biblical picture of work that you just articulated so well to the modern world now of business and investing. What does that look like? Yeah. You know, if we are to be Christians who have a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, then that means that we need to see the worlds of business and investing with Christian eyes. We actually need to view them in light of this biblical vision for work. This is the true story of work, the the biblical story. So the Genesis instructions to develop the beauty and goodness of creation are the very same instructions that we have for work for humanity today. This is still God's design. This is still His desire for our work in business and investing, even though very far removed from that, that Genesis garden picture. And so we must ask ourselves, how can the specific work of business and investing contribute beauty and goodness to yeah. creation. And I want to give you, suggest a couple answers to that. So business is called to create products that are good. You know, we have this language for products uh, in business. We call them goods and services. Yeah. And I think that's no accident. The, the products of business and God's design are intended to be genuinely good, Right. The products of business and God's design are intended to genuinely be a service to humankind. So humanity through business is to create goods that are truly good and services that truly serve. So that's that's what I would say about business. And what about investors? How does investing enhance the beauty and goodness of God's world? So investors are called to supply the capital that enables and enlarges this good work of business to create those goods and services. So when we're contemplating investing, we need to think about these things and ask, is this prospective investment that I'm thinking about making, is it going to be in companies that are creating goods and services? These are things we should embrace. And we should be asking, in a fallen world, are there any companies that actually are diminishing God's good creation that I should seek to uh, avoid investing in? These are things I think we should avoid. Yeah, and the exciting thing is there's a whole industry of Christian faith-based investments that have been raised up to make it easier for us to either avoid companies whose products run counter to this biblical vision or avoid while also targeting the good, looking for companies who meet human needs and enhance the world. So, Jason, how can our listeners get more information about faith-based investments? Yeah, We've put together two resources for you today. The first is an article on beauty and investing, like we've been talking about. The second is a list of faith-based investments that are out there. And to get that, you can go to faithandinvesting.com slash faithfi. That's faithandinvesting.com slash faithfi, F-I. This has been incredibly enlightening, Jason. Thanks for stopping by. My pleasure, Rob. See ya. All right, check it out today, faithandinvesting.com slash faithfi. We'll be right back. Stick around. God has entrusted his finances to you, and we at FaithFi have designed our FaithFi app to help you live, 
give, owe, and grow with that perspective. Our FaithFi app is the leading biblically-based finance app. You can manage your money, get top biblical financial resources, and interact with a community of like-minded believers, where you can ask questions, get answers, and share what you're learning. Go to faithfi.com and click the word app to get started. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. We're back. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for taking the time. As we head into our calls and questions, I want to take a moment to ask you if you've downloaded the FaithFi app. You can use it on your desktop or your mobile device. All right, let's head to the phones. By the way, if you have a question, just call 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. To Ohio. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Um. My daughter has three student loans. They add up to 19000 And I have extra cash that I could put a lump sum to take one of them out. Would it be better to do that or just to make like double payments? Hmm. Yeah, it depends. So I guess the first question is, you know, what, what is your intention here? Are you trying to cover all three of them yourself? Um, no, I mean, she's she's paying me monthly, but just okay. to help her get them down quicker. I see. Yeah, I mean, the, the very best way, assuming you're not taking funds that you need for reserves and, you know, to have available for emergencies, things like that, as long as you truly have excess, um, you're certainly going to come out better if you go ahead and just pay them off now uh, rather than paying the interest, you know, over time, especially with rates being up and the interest rates, you know, being a little higher probably on these unless they're fixed rates that were locked in. But you'll certainly come out, you know, better by going ahead and knocking them out for sure. Okay. And, um, oh, wait, I had one more question. No problem. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> 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 All right, let's do this. Let's put you on hold. You think about it for a second, and we'll see if we can come back to you. Let's head to Tennessee. Hi, Rick. Go right ahead, sir. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and long-time listener, and ever since the Larry Burkett days. And oh, that's really great. appreciate your ministry. Awesome. Um, I, I've run across a, a ministry that I've donated to for years, and for some reason, uh, starting back in July, June, July last year, they stopped being regular in their receipt giving. Uh, I tried to keep up and uh, made contact with them a couple of times and uh, talked to nice people. And they've said, you know, they'll, they'll fix it. And, and uh, it just doesn't seem to get fixed. And, and so I'm, I'm just in a quandary of, if, you know, should I, I don't want to stop giving it to giving to them because they are a good ministry. And, Uh, but I just don't know how to get past this problem I'm having. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the main thing is that you get a contribution statement at the end of the year. So shortly after the end of each calendar year, you should get a contribution statement uh, on their letterhead that you can use to document your charitable contributions to the IRS, regardless of whether or not you itemize or not, they have to provide that statement. So even if you're not getting something monthly, are you at least getting that annual contribution statement for, you know, for the prior year? My annual I have my annual uh, contribution statement. I did get that. Okay. So that's the most important thing. I mean, anything else, you know, these days, often ministries will have an online portal you can log into and kind of see your contributions. If not, I suspect you could call them at any point during the year and just ask them to send you a record of your contributions. Hopefully, this isn't a sign that, you know, administratively things are lacking in terms of organization and details with bookkeeping, but assuming maybe they're just busy doing the work of the ministry and just not, uh, you know, providing those regular statements, um, you know, that, uh, you know, you had been used to seeing. I think the main thing, as long as you feel good about the work that they're doing and that they're doing it, uh, you know, well, that this is a well-run ministry using your your resources, uh, you know, effectively, and that the vast majority of it's going to the programming, the actual work of the ministry, I'd be less concerned about getting a monthly statement, especially if you're getting that annual contribution statement. Okay, okay. Uh, one mm-hmm. more quick question, if that's okay. Yeah, real quick. Go ahead. Uh, how is Steve Moore doing? <laughs> Steve is great. Yeah, I talked to him uh, not too long ago. He's having fun with his uh, his granddaughter, and he's traveling a little bit and still getting out and riding that bike all the time and uh, enjoying retirement. But uh, we love Steve and miss him uh, here on this program, that's for sure. But uh, I can report that he's doing well. Very good. Thank you so much. And again, right. appreciate your ministry and all you guys do. Thank Try you, Rick. Yes, sir. Well, we're grateful, and thanks for mentioning uh, the the amazing Larry Burkett as well. All right, back to Ohio. Anne Maria, I understand, and this happens to me all the time. But you, you, you got that question. It's back, right? So, what is it? Yes, yes. For the <laughs> for the rest of the balance that she will have, is to, should I refinance it? it it's going to go down like two point five percent interest now, are, rate. Are these that, federal loans? No. They're no, private. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you that would probably make some sense if you can save over 2%. I'd be surprised if you could do that, just given where rates are. So I'd want to check that. You, the only thing you're going to want to look at is what is the cost of the refinance, the actual cost itself of putting that new loan in place. Get them to disclose that for to you in advance and just look at how much you're going to save in interest over the life of the loan, and they should be able to tell you that, and just compare that to the actual cost of refinancing and just make sure that it's worth the hassle. But if you can save more than two percentage points and, you know, two thirds of this debt's going to be around for a while or even half, then, uh, then I'd say it probably does make some sense. Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you very All much. Right. You're welcome. It. Absolutely. Right. Thanks for calling uh, to Farmington, New Mexico. Hey, Jimmy, go right ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to thank you for doing a good job that you always do. Uh, I you. called for advice. Um, I'm 66 now, and I sold my business to my daughter. And uh, as far as me and my wife are concerned, we have um, some few hundred thousand dollars in a 401k that we've been saving. And then we have sold the business to her, and she's paid us a few hundred thousand dollars. And we have everything paid for. And 
I had went and talked to an, a financial advisor, and he was advising me to put some of that money in mutual funds. So I thought I better call and talk to you and see what you thought. Well, I like the idea of investing in mutual funds now more than ever with the market down. I think that's a great long-term strategy. Mutual funds are a great way to diversify, so you're not highly concentrated. I think the key is, is this a great, a good advisor for you who understands your values and that you connect with, that's going to serve you well and uh, communicate with you the way you want and really takes the time to get to know you and what God's doing in your life and then build a portfolio that is based on your goals and objectives, not something they're trying to sell you. But yeah, mutual funds, I think, are a great way to go and uh, probably a, a great option for you. If you want a second opinion, you could find a certified kingdom advisor on our website. But I don't hear anything that um, I would be concerned about. And I think given this money that you've come into with the 401k and the business sale, you should be thinking about investing it if your time horizon is at least 10 years. So Jimmy, all the best to you. Congratulations on selling that business. Well, we're almost out of time. If you like today's program, why not share it with a friend? And while you're at it, share the FaithFi app with them as well. Help us get the word out. Thanks for listening and sharing, and I hope you'll come back and join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.